Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, Missouri Training Institute. Good morning, morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us as we continue on in this Leadership Lane series. So it's the last one, y'all. It is the last one. It's been kind of fun to break this up a little bit into a series. I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. We've covered a lot of content in a really short amount of time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I like the deep dive. I like, you know, breaking it down. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So as we think about today, and it was funny that we were talking about this uh, as, as we were getting started. Dewey, you had just read through the description of this, you said this morning or last night, and it was quite different for you in my experience growing up. Well, yeah. I mean, in the description, you talk about, you know, how your uh, bedroom, you always had a theme. Yeah. You know, a decorated yeah. theme. And um, I remember doing that for my daughter too. I had to redecorate her room about two or three times. Right. Um, but when I was growing up, we didn't have any, no. right, Ray? I mean, no. we didn't have anything like that. I, I had to share a, a room with my two brothers and we all had twin beds and we only had just one little wall with a bulletin board on it. That was pretty much our our room. So yeah. Yeah. we didn't have Spider-Man or My Little Pony or, you know, Barney or no. anything like that. I it, it was a big deal when we got to pick the room color. Oh, yeah. Well, but that was it. There was no real, you know, decor or, or, or stickers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah. My sister being a purple person, she um, I think because they had already had purple carpet, ah. but then she matched her walls and oh, it was nice. really nice. funky. Yeah. Fun. yeah. Fun. And, you know, where I was kind of going with it is I thought about this, obviously, part five, we're talking about now decorating with flair, as I called it. And this whole journey, just to take you back, if you haven't been with us for the last four parts, we really started with understanding where are you in your leadership journey? We're starting at the very base and we've built up this workplace now. So now this idea of being able to really decorate the insides. And I remember being a kid and being able to decorate the insides of my room. It really did provide a sense of um, comfort and I and ownership, ownership. Uh, Absolutely. And probably a little bit more commitment. And, you know, you had the things around you that you loved, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that was where my mind was going as we thought about our workplaces as well. And as leaders, how are we ensuring that we're bringing that same sense of comfort, that same sense of ownership, empowering our employees to be able to um, to just thrive, Mm -hmm. taking care of the whole person, you know, taking care of the whole person. And so as you kind of think about that, um, I want to make this quick transition because a lot of times we get the calls about, hey, can we talk about work life balance? And I think that that's a big piece when we consider the energy and the enthusiasm inside of a workplace. So tell me your thoughts on work-life balance. I I think the expectation has definitely evolved over Mm. my lifetime in work. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, that people actually care if people have a a work-life balance is, you know, it's wonderful. Um, And I can certainly see how it has changed the the climate in a workplace or, you know, the comfort that you talk about in a workspace. And even change 
change the reputation of a particular organization. Oh, without right? a doubt. Without um, a doubt. Which then leads to probably a bigger pool of qualified candidates right. when you're looking right. for work, yes. right? Um, and so you can really help you with the cream of the crop, so yes. to speak. Yes. Um, but yeah, it has changed dramatically. Yeah. I mean, uh, back when in the day when you and I were there, I think, um, you know, we needed warm bodies in place to do the sure. work, right? But now, you know, if allowed, employees can use their minds to your benefit at work. Um, you know, we're developing relationships with them that can really add with that sense of loyalty and commitment, right. um, you know, and more importantly, that sense of purpose. Right. Um, so what kind of purpose does your organization um, is kind of serving and how can they be a part of that? Yeah. Provide that meaningfulness. Yeah, uh, you know, when, when you think about kind of the surrogate family that wow. you create right. with with your mates mm -hmm. and that sense of belonging and in inclusion yeah. and it's not a checklist um you know remember the you may you can have one picture and one plant like i i literally <laughs> I remember, remember the the very specific parameters um but that was it that you was know it. um yeah so now it's you walk in and it's just Everybody everywhere in their own space. Yeah. And yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting that you say that. So we can talk a little bit about what our space our just our spaces in our workplace. It, it looks so different, too. Mm -hmm. We we all have kind of our own comfort in mm -hmm. our offices and uh, mine splashes outside sometimes. But uh, <laughs> I, to me, I like the uplifting, motivational words on the walls. Right. And uh, we can go into true colors and how that speaks to my blue nature. But um, it really does make you feel like it's your home away from home. Yes. And it should. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know, to the degree it can. I, I'm, you know, when I come to town, I'm in a shared space. Right. So. Um, it's a little different. Yeah. And I bet you don't feel as comfortable there as you might. You do feel very temporary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, what I love is, and I, I remember getting this even, you know, in, in other buildings when we were in other buildings and people would walk by and they'd see Legos or crayons or jump ropes. And they're like, I want to work here. And I'm like, I'm just going to leave those out because this thing's working. You know, yeah, 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 it is. It is interesting. Um, you know, in my workspace, I, I still have that same bulletin board. Uh, yes, you do. That was the bulletin board thing. that I had as a little boy. <laughs> around. Um, but I have a lot of more personal mementos, you know, little yeah. gifts that people have given me or um, little uh, cards that people have given me or things like that um, in my my workspace. So, yeah. yeah. Even, even when my grandkids would come in, the, my first one and now who's 13. Um, and she remembers the fire truck. Oh, the, uh, yeah. The fire yes. Truck that every, every kid that comes in gets the fire truck mm -hmm. and a squeezy ball, I think, or yeah, something yeah. to, yeah. Yeah. And those magic balls that kind of make that. Oh, yeah. Sound, yes. You know, oh, love that. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 But I think it's important that, you know, as leaders, you're creating that, that balance, helping them, you know, your employees create that balance between, because let's face it, we're in business to get things done. We're in business to make money. Um, so, so work has to get accomplished. So we're trying to achieve things, but it would be a lot nicer if we were able to enjoy yes. our lives as we accomplish that. So I think to me, when I think about trying to balance things, it's going to be that sense of achievement and that sense of, of enjoyment yeah. in life. Yeah. And I think, you know, honestly, when I let go of the idea of like six hours at work and, you know, or eight hours right. at work and four hours at home and then, right. you know, I, I was 
you can't. There is no balance when you create it from a time perspective. Yeah, it's not about it's not about the equal amount of time yeah, in each yeah, yeah. area. It's more about because that will change over your lifetime, right? I mean, you and I in the early days we probably stayed a lot later oh, and yeah. working our oh, way yeah. up that corporate ladder. And, and you know, you're probably experiencing that now, right? Things have shifted. Yeah, yeah, mom, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and then as you get older and, and things, your your needs change, mm-hmm. and so your balance will probably change. Yeah. So, yeah. well, and I, I want to really emphasize when we talk about enjoyment, cause I love, it. I think you hit the nail on the head, Dewey, when you're considering that idea of, of enjoyment and achievement, but sometimes people look at enjoyment as general happiness. And I think enjoyment is so much deeper than general yeah. happiness. Yeah. Um, happiness can waver, right? It's an emotion. And so thinking through like, how are you integrating things that really celebrate, you know, you and what you enjoy and being able to, to pour into people, to be able to satisfy your needs. I mean, there's so many bigger pieces to enjoyment than just happiness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, when I think of enjoyment, I guess in my own definition, really thinking about fulfillment Mm -hmm. and am I, fulfilling, you know, my person, my soul and my being, whether I'm at work doing work or whether I'm at home doing life, you know, um, am I enjoying both of those environments? So it it is beyond the the happiness. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes people would might say that happiness is kind of unrealistic, you know, as, um, as adult human beings on this earth, we all suffer in different ways, right? So, um, we've, we've all suffered in many different ways. So is the goal really about being happy or is it just like you say, talk about the idea of fulfilling your potential maybe as a human being? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a re- resiliency. I mean, thinking about that, that concept of you're right, you know, there is a, a amount of suffering that we all do as human beings, but that resiliency is what pushes us into a space of, of true enjoyment, mm-hmm. you know, overcoming things yeah. when yeah. maybe things just are a about making up. things about less suffering, perhaps. Ab- absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. You know, it, that kind of reminded me of this idea of, uh, you know, when I think about, you know, decorating my room yeah. or yeah. my office or whatever, and, and kind of decorating my soul as well. I think that also, um, you know, boundaries, you know, cause I, I thought it was an interesting, you know, statement when you said I sometimes, uh, flow out of my office or whatever. And I thought, you know, but in some ways that helps us all enjoy you and your personality or, you know, your space as well. And, and create that, that idea of, um, you know, uh, recognition and individualization, if you will, to some degree. But then I also think some of that fulfillment comes from knowing your limits, knowing your boundaries, knowing what does, um, you know, fill your bucket and then participating fully in those when you think about, you know, fulfilling your potential. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we all have a potential for other, th- for different things. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, and I guess the other thing I would say about this idea of fulfillment, enjoyment, um, is knowing your strengths, right? Knowing what you're good at and being able to That's tap right. into those, you know, what is it Gallup, I think said, you know, you're going to be six times more likely engaged in the yes. workplace if you're allowed to use your strengths every day. Yeah. So really understanding that part about you, I think is going to be kind of an important thing to on your road to fulfillment, on your road to enjoyment. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. You know, and I'm thinking some other things here, you know, right. You mentioned the boundaries piece <laughs> and I do, I, I, I have my big sign on the door that said, uh, uh, be awesome today, I think is what my sign says. <laughs> That's me pouring out into, into the rest of our, our suite. But, um, for me, I sometimes have a hard time saying no. And I know that that gets in the way of always my achievement and enjoyment sure. in what I do every day. So thinking about different ways than uh, things, like you said, the boundaries that might get in your way, not saying no, that might get in your way. Uh, what are some other things for you all as you think through that? That, that get in my way? Yeah. From really achieving or enjoying. Um, kind of unclear expectations, I think sometimes is certainly can get into my way. So when I'm, you know, been given a task to do, but not necessarily have a very good understanding of what it is that that person's expecting out of me, Mm -hmm. um, that can be, that can be hard once in a while. Yeah. Upsets that balance, I guess. Yeah. You know, and, and when I think about that, I think, how is that tied to, why we're doing what we're doing. Mm. And, and sometimes earlier in our career, you know, the why is I just need money. Uh, you know, I'm out of college or <laughs> yeah. I've got bills. I'm on my own, you know, that may or may not be, but you know, I remember a lot of times it was just like, I, I joke about taking a job at the bank because they had good hours, oh, yeah. you know, and, and like, like literally that was my why I had no experience with money. You know, <laughs> like I couldn't manage my own. Right. Um, but you know, now I'll count yours. Um, you know, but it like, what is your why? And when you get to that, yeah, that full sense of what would be fulfilling to me as my why and tying your strengths to that, I think that, um, can kind of help set those boundaries of enjoyment and achievement when you're fulfilling your true why. And that means in all of the different buckets of life too. I think that that's one thing is sometimes we might, and that doesn't mean that all of them are balanced at all, all times, but being very conscious of, you know, how are you feeling yourself uh, mentally, spiritually, uh, physically? I mean, there's so many different buckets. Environmentally, emotionally. Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think I I really liked the word I heard yesterday um, talking about this restorative nature, you know, recognizing that if there's any buckets that have been kind of, you feel kind of burned out in, or maybe things have been off balance for way too long that any time anything's burned out, you can always restore it. You know, and I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at it. Like, don't give up. That speaks to that resilience. The the book Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because the whole thought behind that book was, you know, um, life is difficult. Mm -hmm. And when you run into obstacles, you know, like like the motorcycle that he was riding all over the country, when it breaks down, you fix it Mm -hmm. and you fix it and you move on, right? You restore it mm-hmm. and, 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 and kind of move on. Yeah. yeah. And I think that why can come in, not in just the, the bigger sense of, of your life, but when I work with clients and we talk about, you know, a goal and my question is, why do you want to achieve that? Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think if you're asking somebody to change behaviors, it it's more than just a check the box. Like, for sustainability, mm-hmm. right? I might be able to do it and achieve it and check it off, but can I sustain sure. that momentum or that level of energy mm-hmm. when I'm not really tapped into why, why is this important to me? Why, you know, my boss told me to do it. Like, fine, check the box, mm-hmm. do your taxes. Right. 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 Um, but why is this important? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to achieve this? And I've had clients go, 
I don't even know. I'm mm-hmm. like, then let's back up. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, I guess what, what I'm hearing from that is uh, it's about a sense of alignment, right. Mm-hmm. With, with who you are, your values, what's important to you. So you have to understand all that. But I think balance comes from the sense of being able to align you and your strengths and everything to those things, right. Absolutely. To your, to your values. Yeah. So let's transition a little bit because we've been talking a lot about the element of self-awareness and recognizing how you can achieve this, quote, work-life balance or balance between achievement and enjoyment. Um, what can leaders do? So now you're you're tasked with you've built up this workforce or the, this workplace and now you're tasked with helping others emulate what you're hoping to achieve, which in this case, we're talking about well-being, achievement, enjoyment. What, what do you do as a leader? I know you and I are going to have the exact same answer because <laughs> honestly, model it. Yeah. You have to be the example. You have to, you know, show your people like, nope, I'm not going to participate in that. And here's why. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, I've got a, a family thing, you know, or um, I'm already at my limit this week or, you know, it doesn't fit what I'm built to do. Right. You know, Um and, and I think being the model, I know, I know that's what you would say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to set the example. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes that means maybe uh, demonstrating that you care about the customers, that you demonstrate that you care about your employees. They so that they start demonstrating that they care about you and other in each other. So, um, you know, it's setting that example um, of balance um, for your workforce as well. You know, some other things that I think that leaders can do um, is really about creating culture around balance, right? So making sure that, uh, for example, we're celebrating those victories, right? When we achieve um, uh, what we're trying to achieve, you know, Um, and then maybe even giving them a little bit of time off because they achieved it, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever it may be, but what we're we're trying to do is to recognize um, those victories. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that in, in both of those things, both modeling the behavior and celebrating that, I think that that also requires a high level of of consistency because part of that's going to be like, OK, I can do this when maybe the season's not so busy. But when the season gets really busy, like just throw all that and you just know you got to put your head down, and you got to work. But I still think that there are there's truth to that. But there's still pieces that can be integrated that would mm-hmm. still s- celebrate things or um, model the way again in, in which we want our people to achieve that achievement and enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, don't forget about the the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, sp- specifically the human resource um, function of an mm-hmm. organization. So when I think about employee wellness programs, making sure that you know the benefits and the and the pay are you know appropriate for the job and, and what we're doing and what the market will bear. Um, so making sure that we've got all those pieces um, to help with people when they're physically not doing well, right? Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, professional development so they can sharpen their minds, right? Mm-hmm. So giving them opportunities um, and providing those resources to your employees, I think is a great way to try to keep them more engaged and achieving things and enjoying things yeah. at the same time. I, and I think in in your coaching and your one-on-ones and mm-hmm. and the this idea of creating that environment where people thrive, not just survive. Right. Um, but I think there's also a, a sense of recognizing when people 
need to be great somewhere else. Mm, yeah. You know, and, and, I, you know, I specifically can go back to a couple of people when we were, you know, at the bank that, you know, I transitioned from the, I just need a job into, oh my gosh, I actually love this, you know? And so it, it became my profession for 15 years and my, my pursuit. Um, but I remember working with people that they never got out of that and they weren't buying into the culture and, and, you know, you, you could tell, um, it was very reflective in how they treated not only customers, but how they treated us, you know, other people within the organization. And, you know, in a way it, it was almost doing that them a favor right. as much as right. it was doing my my organization a favor by saying Let, let's work on something more suited for you mm -hmm. and it could have been within the organization just outside of the retail side of something of, of what we did um but you know we we talk about move people up over or out yeah and as leaders we're all people movers and so i think sometimes recognizing like i got you but Probably not here. Yeah. So out is an option once in a while. Yeah. And it's probably the most appropriate option, not just for you as the leader, but also for that employee. Um, yeah. It was quite a paradigm shift. I think when when I started learning that particular concept, you know, free them up for their future. And, uh, and now I find myself saying that all the time. But it was a paradigm shift because for, you know, so many years you're taught like firing somebody means you did something so bad and like, you know, it's a, it's a bad thing. And and so really getting out of that mindset and recognizing the benefit or the value that can come from that, the endless possibilities that are on the horizon, maybe for that individual too. Absolutely. So um, it was interesting. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about another another option that leaders might want to consider is um, really understanding your workforce, you know, so doing things like mm -hmm. um, conducting employee satisfaction surveys um, could be very helpful um, just to kind of understand where they're coming from, what their needs are, mm -hmm. um, and then to what degree can you, you know, help them with yeah. those kinds of things, assist them with those things. And, you know, I mean, that made me think about the, the broader workforce. Mm -hmm. I mean, because obviously we've seen a huge shift in how work gets done Absolutely. just because of the the external environment. Oh, yeah. And so I think as a as a hiring manager and, you know, creating sustainability in your organization, really thinking about who are my potential employees, you know, and what's important to them and evolving in that way so that you're not trying to hire the same people you were trying to hire, you know, five years ago, because right. they don't exist. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and so especially if you want to be known as an employer of choice. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of employers want to be known as that right now. There's, well, there's still a lot of great benefits to being the employer yeah, of choice, right? Yeah. yeah. And we've talked a lot about now this idea of achievement and enjoyment, not work-life balance, not equal amounts of balance. Um, we talked a lot about what in leaders can do to support and promote that. Also, we've talked a little bit about culture. What additional thoughts do you all have as it kind of relates to how we want to decorate with flair in the workplace? You know, I think just a, a natural characteristic of great leadership is vision and, you know, taking all of the things that we've considered, you know, and how our house is currently decorated. Um, and it, it it's easy now. You know, those things are in the marketplace to fulfill our space. But I think great visionaries, leaders look at what's what else, what's next, what's coming, coming up. Yeah. Um, 
Um, and, you know, being able to shift from, you know, a traditional space into a, you know, modern space or, you know, an industrial space when you think about um, mm-hmm. decorating your inside. So I think there is is that look up and look beyond what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Look at the trends, you know, what, what oh, trends are absolutely. happening in your in your particular industry and uh, what do you need to prepare yourself for? Yeah. Um, you know, so you don't end up with the outdated um, uh, avocado green uh, appliances, right? It's bad. <laughs> are back. They're back. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. that green shag carpet to match. Yeah. Oh, you know, I hope and, that's never back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting interesting you say that because that that did bring up in my mind you know we've been talking a lot about creating this workplace as if you were doing it from the ground up but maybe you've inherited uh, a, mm-hmm. a team or a situation where things the culture just isn't what it should be needs to be or what you want it to be as a leader mm-hmm. and so you need that vision you need that kind of strategic thinking to figure out then what what changes do I need to make and then equipping the right people to join that kind of culture team if you will to bring it from where where it is to where you want to be. Yeah. Oh, you need buy-in. Yes. Culture does not change overnight. Oh, it's um, a slow it, process. It, it, you know, and I, you used to say a, a comment, I haven't thought about it in a while, but you can't talk your way out of something you've behaved your way into. Mm-hmm. And I think culture is an exact, you know, model for that. Mm-hmm. Like you might say one thing, but you've behaved your way into this culture, right? So what that nice little phrase picture on the wall of, you know, what our espoused culture is might be very different than how we enact that culture. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's interesting when we um, uh, done some work with some organizations where you walk in and that's what they have. They have the their mission, <laughs> oh, vision, value yeah. statements all nicely framed. And, and then you go actually talk to people and say, you know, what is your mission? What is your vision? They can't tell you. Right. Or <laughs> I was working with a client. I said, let me build in your mission to, you know, your, your customized training. And they're like, Oh, we don't, we don't even pay attention to that. It doesn't mean anything to us. And I'm like, okay, that already said, you know, I mean, it communicated something to me, Mm -hmm. you know, he was like, we don't, we don't even follow that. It doesn't mean anything to anybody. Almost like don't even bring it up, you know, that it would discredit. And I was like, okay. Loud and clear. (laughs) Yeah. Loud and clear. And my thing was a lot of redecorating. Yes, 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 yes. So let's jump over. I want to get to see if we have some questions here on our Mentimeter. And we've got a couple. It looks like the very first one looks like how do you measure your own performance as a leader? So maybe as you're thinking through how well am I doing at this kind of stuff? Well, I think uh, part of that is about a deep sense of self-awareness, right? But the other part about that is ask the people who work for you, you know, engage with some conversations. Um, If you've developed a very open, trusting, vulnerability kind of based relationship with those folks, they'll probably tell you honest, their honest opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So I would, I would start there, um, you know, but you could also do things like, Look at your numbers, right? Numbers are what results are you getting, um, and and trend those over time to see if we're making improvements and things like that. So I think there's many ways that you can do that. Any you would add to that? I, I, I'm with you. I think there's always two sides to that. One is the the technical. Mm-hmm 
um, side of things. And the other is the, the emotional side, mm. you know, and, and making sure that both things are on track because, you know, you might have great numbers, but people hate working for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then to me, I don't think you're a great leader. Yeah. Um, so it's, balance, it's a people right? business. So. so you got to look at lots of different things yeah. to kind of right. explore that. And I'm, I agree with you. I think that I love the idea of feedback. And it's one thing I've always said, I've said on these podcasts before that I appreciate that you all do. I mean, like, Every conversation we ever have, it ends with, all right, what do you need from me? How am I doing? Is there something else I can be doing? What resources can I give you or support you in? I mean, those consistent and frequent conversations really permit me to know that like you really want to hear these things. So it's like I hear I've had supervisors sometimes like, oh, well, I ask them, but they don't tell me anything. I'm like, well, probably because either yeah. we're, we're You've taught them how to <laughs> yeah. treat you. So yeah, yeah. There you go. So, <laughs> Let's go to the, the next one here. What are the biggest lessons you all have learned about leading an effective culture focused on well-being? Wow. These are big questions I for know. the end. Yeah. Um, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah. you know, I mean, I think there's a level of flexibility that goes into that culture of well-being that hasn't always been there. You know, so we've always been like chug, 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 chug. And now it's just like chill out honor people, you know, get work done through people. Um, and so for me, that was probably the biggest lesson was just chill out. <laughs> and, and, and for me, I guess, and, and to go along with that, I guess one of my biggest lessons was you got to get to know your people, right? Um, and, and you got to get to know them as a human being, not necessarily as a cog in your organizational Absolutely. wheel, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so get to, that would be my suggestion. Don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Yeah. But I guess I can say, I feel, you know, I'm older. I, I get to look back at stuff. And I know when you're building your mm -hmm. leadership credibility, you know, that, that probably there is that intensity, mm -hmm. but, um, even looking back at myself, you know, in my first really big promotion at like 32, I was just like, geez, you know, relax. <laughs> um, I, I was pretty intense. Yeah. Well, we all are back then, right. Trying to, uh, again, do what we were taught to do, right. Yeah. Get, advance, advance, advance. Well, and that's, what's interesting is, you know, you all mentioning that and having a, more experience than I do in this realm of leadership right now. And I'm at that point right now where I recognize like, you can't do it alone. So mm -hmm. that would probably be my biggest lesson mm -hmm. is you think, you know, I, I can, I can manage all these things and I can, I can, you know, make these particular strides. It takes a village. <laughs> they yeah. say that about raising a child. Well, it, it's the same thing when you're really trying to create uh, an effective, um, really culture, well, good culture um, in an organization. It's got to right. be everybody. That, that's a great point. That's a great point. Be good at what you're good at, but let the people that work for you be good at what they're good at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Very good point. All right. Well, I'm not seeing any other questions coming in. I can't believe that this is all five parts. The leadership lane. Uh, we're close the books on this one. We're closing the way for the next one. <laughs> so, Ray, to tag that there, the next series. We're so excited. Do you all realize what Wednesday is? I believe it's Administrative Professionals Day. It is. Do we? So we are going to celebrate our administrative professionals in a brand new series called the Heartbeat Series. And so this will be a three-part one that will drag us out um, into May. And we're excited because it's all about administrative professionals work. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Go be great. Go be great.
Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Workplace.